Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Sue, a visual artist. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks so much for joining us. On the path, which is the name for our personal witchcraft practices, we've spent a great deal of time discussing what we believe and why. These conversations led to the writing of a book full of information about our tradition. We call these thoughts kernels because they are the start of much bigger ideas. We thought we'd share some of these with you, so... Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is witch and witchcraft definitions. Throughout history, there have been those who practiced magic for whatever purposes they chose. Just like there were people who chose to help, there were those who chose to harm or take care of problems for others. People have often been irrationally afraid of the concept of the word witch. In fact, the dictionary reinforces the stereotype of someone evil or bound to do harm. Merriam-Webster defines the word witch as a person, especially a woman, who is credited with having unusually malignant supernatural powers, or as a hag or a crone. To give them credit, the dictionary people also have stuck in a practitioner of witchcraft, especially in adherence with a neo-pagan tradition or religion. However, the damage continues when defining what a witch actually is for most people, especially when you think about the green evil wicked witch of the west from the wizard of oz movie or any other cartoon which you may encounter think snow white and blame disney here and don't get us started on their definition of magic which discusses the use of supernatural powers over natural forces we could go on a real rant here but this is a good point to say that those of us on the path practice witchcraft and identify ourselves as modern yet traditional witches for us, the practice of witchcraft is using ritual and or magic for spiritual growth and change, so it is a spiritual practice. It is also a religion because it is a way for us to connect with the external, transformative, transcendent divine. It can also be seen as the study and practice of working with elemental and universal energies with intent to affect change and growth in yourself and the world in which you live. Being a witch is a personal choice and so is what you choose to call your practice. So as you can see, we have come up with our own definition of what a witch is, and definitely what a witch isn't, as well as the practice of witchcraft. And I think it's very different than when we first came around. I think our definition continues to evolve. As oh, well. absolutely, yes. Yeah. I mean, you and I could go on a rant about cartoon witches and... <laughs> Which is, in fact, I have a grandchild. I mean, my grandchildren know that grandma's a witch. And when she was about seven, she informed me very seriously, I couldn't be a witch because I wasn't green. But hey, there's a certain logic to that. There is, but it's what people are exposed to. Yes. And the fact that Miriam Webster seems to start out with a hideously negative definition of witchcraft is malignant superpowers. I didn't know you and I had malignant superpowers. Hmm. 
wait a minute. I didn't know I had superpowers. <laughs> if I had malignant superpowers, there'd probably be some, you know, burned out cars on the side. Oh, no, there would be carnage. Oh, yeah, definite carnage. <laughs> you know, you can see it as a superhero movie. Blast here, oh, blast funny. Oh, yeah, really? Come on. I mean, realistically, you but just... But if, if you, if you think about it, in in the bigger picture of schemes of things, 50 years ago, man, what a different time for witches. It is It is a renaissance of thought that we are going through to a certain extent with all the other tomfoolery and weird stuff and but it is a better time to be a witch than in other periods of history oh yeah i'd agree history i would agree with that sentiment and when you think about it because time does pass on us gardner came in the 50s so we're approaching 70 years ago even where it was no longer illegal to practice witchcraft in England. Yes, exactly. The witchcraft law. And when you think about it, those those laws or the more modern laws in England were actually more having to do with fortune tellers and various other yes. quote unquote charlatans. Oh, had. absolutely. Their yeah, there's uh, started. Uh, Susanna Budapest in California. I remember. Uh, her book, the Holy Book of Women's Mysteries, is one of my my very first books that opened my eyes to witchcraft and and claiming that as as your that a powerful birthright, and with that you're defining yourself. That you have that power to define yourself, your beliefs, your practices, you know, and that you. And unlike Budapest, as you said, you don't have to be female. Correct. <laughs> you know, there seemed to be a division somewhere along the line in the earlier witchcraft slash pagan slash whatever you want to call it community, where you had the more traditional forms with Gardnerian, where you had a mix of male and female and high priest and high priestess and the women's evolutionary practices as it were like the dianic and so on that kind of came to being with the women well, with, with the women's movements in the era yeah exactly things yeah. have changed slowly and i kind of like our own evolution that it's just energy and it's not necessarily masculine and feminine with all of the supposed traits that yes. are one or the other. I think we're, we have, you and I anyway, have evolved beyond thinking of if people have to be binary. They're either this or this, or they are same sex or whatever. And it's really more of, I like to think we're evolving to the point where it's just personality characteristics, for want of a better word, rather than specifically <laughs> masculine or feminine, etc. And I like our definition of witchcraft nowadays, where we're basically working with natural energies and it's got nothing to do with supernatural. <laughs> it's what's there and it's always been there. And I like to think we're not the only ones who figured that out. Correct. And I, I'm, I'm not going to do the quote right, but there is 
you know, for any person, anything that exists beyond the realm of their science is considered magic because it can't be explained. Yeah. Well, I think that's not necessarily accurate because you can explain a lot of the basics of magic nowadays. What we, you know, any, when you think about it, thousands of years ago, the fact that the sun came up was magic. No, so, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. But that, the practice of magic as we do it, a lot of it, when you think about it, there is a basis in natural science nowadays. Nowadays, absolutely. Yes. And that we can look at it in terms of if I use energy in this particular way, mm -hmm. I'm going to get a result. And a lot of the times when you think about the practice of magic and spell work, it is almost like doing a scientific experiment. If I put this stuff together in this particular way, mm -hmm. I, you know, is this the result I am going to get? With this and, intention. Intention, and it's almost like a hypothesis. If I'm doing it this way, will I get this? And we do, and, and it works. And I think that's where the belief and faith in magic is important, too, is you, it's where it diverges for us from the strictly scientific, because I do know people who use magic as a science. In yes. That, and they just do spell work. And for us, witchcraft has become in essence our religion because it does allow us to connect with what we call the divine both internal and external correct and there's it, there is a a soul component of fulfillment that goes beyond just um results of a spell exactly, of a spell. Mm -hmm. exactly. but that that those results those positive results i think that's why witchcraft is a practice. It's something you have to do. You mm -hmm. have to experience ritual and feel the changes that happen when you get into ritual space. You have to do spell work and have things work out. Not yes. always, but you go into it with the intention that it's going to and have it work out. And when it does, it increases your faith that this is a, something real. You know, Absolutely. It, it creates the reality of a practice. Well, when you have, it's, it's experiential in that, in the way, exactly. And when you have put in that amount of time, you start seeing there's always results. They may not be what you expected, and sometimes they're further reaching, or right, a lot of times they're further reaching than you expect. Mm -hmm. But being able to have that, sense of time in seeing you know intention and then product to be able to then try different things but always know it's working you're right every everything that you do reinforces your faith i think so and i think that's why Witchcraft is a religion that is coming into its own nowadays because we recognize that it's real for a lot of people and it's becoming more, I don't want to say socially acceptable because I don't think it's ever going to reach the point of everybody believes in magic because that's just not how the world works. But 
more and more people are going to become hopeful, always more accepting of it works for you. So go ahead. As opposed to trying to convince you that their way is better or that what you're doing isn't real. Well, there's a, there's a difference between being accepting and being anti, you know, you, there are, there are some people that when they, when they decide to leave what's considered an organized religion or something, it's almost a rebound and then they are angry. And I've met my share of, of angry ex-Christian pagans. Oh, please. We all have. But you have to realize, too, that there's a reason for that sometimes. When you think oh, about absolutely. It. You know, they, they, have, they have been, in a way, rejected for being who they are for whatever reason in that mainstream. Mm. Or how they think about things is constantly told it's not correct. Yeah, that or, is, it's hard to take. Yeah, it is. And then there are having that freedom. And a lot of people, when they come into witchcraft, when you think about it, they need rules. And there aren't any rules, per se, in witchcraft. You have been programmed, for want of a better word, that there is a book somewhere that tells you how to do this stuff. How to do it the right way. How to do it the right way, exactly. Yeah. And caught up in a tradition or a particular way of doing something that you learn when you first get here and you're stuck with it and they can't get past that. And I think mm-hmm. everybody goes through that at least a little bit because as a society in general, they're very big, we're big on roles. We have laws, we have ways of interacting with each other, even, you know, driving on the road with a certain amount of courtesy, you know, there's <laughs> interactions that go on that whether there's norms that are established right. for mm-hmm. society and witchcraft allows you to step outside the norms. And that can be scary as hell when you think about it. Oh, absolutely. Exhilarating, the freedom, and scary. And terrifying, let's be honest. Like yeah. there's too many choices. Yeah. And as a society, we are conditioned that there's either two choices. There's society's way, which enough people have decided is the right way, or there's the wrong way. And right. in witchcraft, there aren't any of those boundaries or barriers. And learning to live with that and recognize that as you practice, the tradition that you may have started out in may not be enough anymore, which is one of the reasons we've Mm -hmm. done what we've done all these years is we started questioning those original ideas and traditions and deciding, okay, this is valid for us. Mm -hmm. This is not valid for us. So what do we need to do instead? And we've, and it's a, it's an, it's another big experiment when you think about it. And you and I have discovered sometimes what our basic beliefs are based on the most spectacular getting it wrong somewhere, <laughs> you know, and recognizing, okay, it can't be this. So what's left? We have blown yeah. up the belief structures enough regularly over the years, I think, that we have kind of distilled a lot of what we think down to the most basic stuff, like our definition of a witch is, our definition of witchcraft is, and we're talking about it and sharing about it so that other people can say, 
oh, I didn't think about it that way, or, oh, you think the same way I do, or I disagree with you completely, and all of them are valid responses to anything we say. Oh, absolutely. You know, looking back, I think one of the one of the critical jumps that we made in our practice, I know for personally for me and us as a group, um, the, when we started yearly looking at our practice and doing that kind of self self evaluation of, okay, what do we think? But doing it on a conscious level, that was when for me, my my practice became and so enriched because of that that feeling of full participation participation. <laughs> I put too many syllables in that one. Um in in self and self knowledge. And just and that itself is a freedom. Well sure. It's like I take ownership of my beliefs today. Yes. Okay, they're mine. They are generated from a lot of reading, a lot of trying stuff out, a lot of, like you said, evaluating and thinking on a regular basis. And once I have like that baseline of where my beliefs are right now, then I can look at what we're doing with a more critical eye. I mean, there are certain things we have done pretty consistently over the years that continue to work. And then there are other things that I know we did, for want of a better word, religiously, (laughs) ritual or practice that we don't do anymore because they don't match what we do now. That doesn't mean when we go back and look at our beliefs, one of the things we also do is we look at those foundations every year. We revisit some of that stuff. Yes. To make sure that our growth hasn't, for want of a better word, make us forget, A, where we came from, which I think is also important to know where you started out to see where you are now and because it, it gives you a measure of growth. And then the other piece is, is there stuff we stopped doing that might be valid to try again on a different, because our experience of it is going to be so different. Because oh, exactly, because you. you're not at the same point on your path. No, you're not. You know, and... You're right. Re- being able to revisit things and to not feel, I mean, we never make either one of us feel bad about something we did in the past. Like, oh, that was so stupid. It's always an acceptance. And, uh, well, you know, we used to do things that way. Why did we do it that way? And is it still working? And why did we, or why did we stop? Why did we stop? Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's important. You know, mm-hmm. I think that part of a definition of a witch is, I think a witch more than anything else is a person who's willing to question. Yes, that's a good definition. It's like that little kid. Why, 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 why? We all, we've all seen those and the parents are tearing their hair out in the restaurant. Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? Why, why, why? You know, and sometimes it's just because it is. Yes. And how many parents have said, because I say so? <laughs> Seven why questions, you know. But at the same time, we do ask why. Well, and, and we need to get, you need to ask why until you get to the point of the, I don't know. Because then that opens everything up to, all right, why? 
Pretty much. And why don't you know? And sometimes you know? it's meant to know because we are human yeah. sense, you know. There and those those are the whys that you just have to put down because you can, you know, chew on them like a dog that won't give up the bone that's falling to pieces. Kind of yeah. thing. And uh, knowing the difference. And I think that's a big part of the questioning process is knowing the difference that there are some things you, you don't know. And that's okay too. Acceptance of it. the acceptance of the ineffable. Mm-hmm. Which is a wonderful definition of the divine when you think about it. <laughs> yes. And then And it's not totally forever and ever and ever beyond. But it is right now. Maybe. You know? Or maybe not. You know, that's that's that's, that's part of not knowing. I figure out things all the time. Yeah. So and that's kind of how we work as people. Yes. You know, and, and the big part about being a witch and practicing witchcraft is at its most basic, you can call it whatever you want. Yes, and you can call yourself whatever you want. Yeah. You know, we just we just personally, and I think a good place to sum it up is we are witches with all of the whys and the unknowns that go along with that term. And while we may be crone in age, we may not be necessarily be crone all the time in spirit or with a level of expertise that supposedly comes up with being older. Yes. And at its most basic for us, witchcraft is working with energies to affect change in ourselves. And that change in ourselves leads to change, first of all, in how we perceive others and the world around us, hopefully with a bit more acceptance than the last time we looked at things. And it leads to changes in the world in which we inhabit. Absolutely, yes. In the grand scheme of things, it's like water dripping on a rock. Eventually, it's going to erode it if it drips long enough. Either that or it may move and decide to go around the rock and leave it alone. <laughs> so with that being said, we'll move on to other things. Witch stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently, we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's spotlight, we'll be looking at the witch stone, Full Moon. Concrete stones focus on a specific physical energy rather than a concept. And the second four concrete stones are the four phases of the moon. The first witch stone is the full moon. It displays a pictograph of a white circle representing the moon shining in the night sky, illuminating a world full of magic. For those of us who walk the path, each phase of the moon is associated with different energies for personal, spiritual growth and development. Full moon energy correspondences include intuitive awareness and establishing connections, bringing things to fruition and harvesting, obtaining knowledge and accumulation of goals, and all types of magic. 
It is also the time when things come together and lead to the fulfillment of your spell work. The scene energy for the full moon stone in a reading is an apex, an achievement and fulfillment. To come to an apex is to reach the highest point and that matches to the light energy of the moon. You may recognize an achievement or manage the fulfillment of commitments made to yourself or others. You may reach goals or complete things. There can be a sense of relief that things have come together. The unseen energy for the full moon stone in a reading is an apex, unseen creation, and unexpected results. You may not be aware of reaching the apex of energy for some reason, and this can cause different things in your life. You may reap the rewards of an unseen creation. There may be some unexpected results to your magic, often giving you what you most need instead of what you thought you wanted. You may feel slightly unsettled because of being surrounded by the unexpected. Before we go, we'd like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's witchy hint is, don't put your new crystals in water, especially salt water, to cleanse them of some kind of energy. Many of us get the idea that we need to get rid of all of the energy in a crystal or any other item we buy before beginning to work with it. We hear about how there's energy in production and shipping and people handling the stone in a store before you buy it and so on and so forth. What you really want is to be able to return it to its own natural energetic state. The cleansing process is much easier than it seems for most things. However, we're talking about crystals today. The big thing is don't immerse them in salt water or water, which is often suggested in things that you read as the best way to cleanse anything before you use it. Many crystals can be ruined by exposure to water or salt water because they can cause, it can cause changes in properties, the color, it can melt, all sorts of things can happen. The biggest thing when working with any new tool or other crystal is kind of to ask what it wants you to do. Very often it will tell you, you don't have to bother to cleanse me at all, it's fine. However, if you're more comfortable, I have found the best way to prepare a crystal for use is to put it next to the earth for a while. I have a little pot that I keep in the corner of my room away from direct sunlight that has some dirt in it, and I'll just set a new crystal on top of it for a couple of weeks and leave it alone to reset itself. I set it in indirect light instead of in moon or sunlight because direct light is not good for a lot of different rocks as well. After all, rocks come from being buried deep within the earth and they're not exposed to light on a regular basis until we dig them up. However, the point is if you feel the need to cleanse your crystals in any way, try this method as opposed to one that could damage it and cause it not to function in the way it wants to or the way you want it to. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday, but you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, young crones, all one word. You can also find us on Facebook, 
and Instagram. And our Twitter handle is at Two Young Crones. Check out our merch at our Teespring store. We also have a Patreon account called The Young Crones Cafe, where you can support the podcast if you enjoy our efforts. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedgewalkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. We are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be.